You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast. GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletic Show. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the Insiders. That's not Tim Everson in the corner. I am Tim Fitzgerald. That is Brian Hanley, and that's Glenn Kinley. And oh yeah, uh, Tim couldn't be with us today. Um, he just had another appointment. And uh, so we found the greatest substitute ever, but he couldn't be here. So we invited Ryan Gilbert. All right. <laughs> wow. So, wow. Um, yeah, it's we're off to a good start here, uh, Gilbert. Hey, um, I just want to point out that uh, I decorated for the holidays. I, I like it. It looks yeah, good. It took way too much effort to do it, uh, but I did it. Uh, but I didn't feel like it was complete. And then I felt like uh, I needed to add something since Gilbert was coming on because, you know, he's festive. So mm-hmm. we're going to do this one. This this one I like better. It's <laughs> 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 perfect. Absolutely perfect. It looks so good. Then he can say whatever he wants and it doesn't have to fall back on Ryan Gilbert. That's right. What exactly. do you mean, Ryan Gilbert? That was a Grinch. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you take that off? You should keep that on there. It looks better. <laughs> Okay, boys, let's dive in. Welcome to everyone that is watching on YouTube or Twitter. Um, and make sure you leave your comments. Hopefully, we'll get to some uh, questions later in the show. I don't know how much time we can spend on talking about Kansas State's game, but by golly, Jeepers, we're going to try to explain what we saw. Um, and I've tried on a podcast. I've tried on a walk and talk. And now I'll try on the insiders to explain a game that Honestly, is pretty close to unexplainable, but we will give her a shot. We'll get into a little basketball. We'll get into a little uh, championship weekend of college football and, and of course, K-State's bowl announcement and the future of Will Howard. But welcome, Brian Hanley. Brian, uh, (laughs) you've seen a lot of football. Have you ever seen anything like that? No. No, It was was truly bizarre. Yeah, I've I've watched football for 40-plus years that I can remember. And I've never seen anything like I've seen a lot of big plays in a football game, but not in a competitive football game. When one team's blowing somebody out. Yeah, yeah, I've seen I've seen eight, you know, 60 yard touchdowns. I've seen a lot. 
But in a competitive football game, I've never seen anything like that. I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. I kept thinking, are they even trying to tackle? No. And on a couple of those, and we can either name names or not, they were not trying to tackle people. And it was absolutely pathetic. Um, it was wild. Never seen anything like it. Uh, Glenn, there might be some blowback after that game within the locker room because he's right. Some guys just look like, I don't want to be here. I'm not going to dive in the snow. Uh, so we'll just give up the touchdown. Yeah, I imagine there might be a come to Jesus moment in the film study this week, whether that's a conversation about, about you know, the effort that, you, that you're getting. I can't imagine Joe Klanderman is very happy. I can't imagine a guy like Coach True is very happy. And, and quite frankly, I don't want to be dramatic, but after the way that looked, if I'm the coaches, whether you mean it or not, I'm at least going to say something along the lines of like, hey, if you don't want to be here, if you don't want to make plays, if if, you, if the snow was too much for you, the portal's open in a week, you know? And again, I, I don't mean to be dramatic. I know it's one loss. I know it was a crazy snow game. It was probably hard to get your footing, but it was unbelievable. I, I haven't seen anything like it either. You're talking about a game in which K-State had the ball for, what was it, 48 minutes or yep. something like that? You're talking about five or six plays that were like 50-plus yards for Iowa State. It was unbelievable. Um, the, I rewatched the game last night. I'm saying to myself, what are we going to talk about? Uh, we can only say on the insiders for 60 minutes they didn't tackle so many times. I, I, I can keep saying it if you guys want until we get to 60 minutes, but uh, I don't know if that would be too fun to listen to. But they didn't no, tackle. They didn't tackle at all. Ryan, Ryan Gilbert, they looked disinterested. On defense, the offense kept plugging away. It wasn't easy for the offense, but they kept answering until they had no more answers. Right, and I'm sure Brian could speak to this the best, but it, it probably isn't fun to, to tackle somebody when it's snowing and it's freezing cold. You know, those pads, I'm sure that doesn't feel good, but that's what you signed up for. You can't warm up to these moments. I mean, this is what you live for. I'm sure playing in the snow as a kid, like, you know, certain players could only dream of doing something like that. You know, on offense... K-State was, of course, able to move the football. Ben Sinnott, you know, the hockey player, played well. And offensively, there's not, I mean, a whole lot to critique. Obviously, could have been right. better. But defensively, man, I, I know Glenn said it best. We could talk about this all day long. But K-State, I mean, really just, what, six plays? Really, if K-State makes fundamental tackles that you make, yeah. I get it. It's not easy in the snow. I get that. It's it's hard to get your foot in. Kleiman mentioned that post-game, after the game. You know, it's not easy. But you just got to make those plays. No other way to put it. Iowa right. State seemed to have their footing. That's I where mean, I was going. That, yeah, Iowa State seemed to have their footing. I, I mean, and I get what you're saying, Ryan. I 100% understand, but I'm just not giving a pass for that. I'm just not because yeah. if, if they were able to find their footing and able to make the plays, then why the hell weren't we able to find our footing and make the plays too? It just it just seemed like what we are saying, that the guys didn't want to be there. And, Glenn, I get A, it's tough to make a tackle in the snow. But you know what? If you don't want to be in the snow or whatever, put on some more clothes. You know, if, if, if that's what you're thinking, oh, I don't want the snow on my arms or this, there's nothing saying that you can't layer up and, and keep that from happening. Now, the problem with that is once you, you wear some sleeves and stuff like that, you get snow, which turns into water, which turns into cold. That's probably not the best idea either. So if you're going to play either that or just say, hey, guys, I don't, I don't want to play today. I just, I just can't yep. play today. Don't go out that, there if you don't want to play. That's comes out to. Yep, exactly. Uh, but, Brian, you hint at it, and I haven't been told there was an equipment issue. 
But I, I, I look back at the game I most immediately remember was the Ron Prince 2006 Texas Bowl when he told equipment manager Shorty Kleinow, uh, these are the shoes we need to take. Don't take those. And the ones he told him not to take were the shoes they needed for a wet field. And then Rutgers, it was just embarrassing to watch how much better footing Rutgers had than Kansas State on top of being better than K-State with Ray Rice. They they just looked clownish out there trying to defend. And, of course, in Ron Prince's way, he blamed Shorty for that and then fired the guy he told to leave those shoes behind. That's when we knew Ron Prince was a psychopath. But anyhow, Glenn, did it look like there was an equipment issue? Iowa State looked better equipped to be in the snow than Kansas State, and yet they both are Nike schools that should have the same equipment. Yeah, I don't know if it was equipment or over-pursuit or what it was. I mean, K-State's offense seemed to be fine, right? Like, Will Howard threw the ball 48 times, completed half of them, and and so if it was that, I, I would think the receivers would have been slipping around more, so I, I wouldn't go there. Um it, I don't know. I don't know what it was. Uh, part of it, maybe there was guys on the defense. I haven't looked on the roster and seen where they're all from. Maybe there was guys who hadn't played in the snow before. Um, but I can't imagine it was too much different from one side to to the other. Um, it the defense to me uh, looks like a team that knew they were out of the Big Twelve championship race. That yeah. it, it looked like more more of that than than. Um, an equipment thing. And, and I don't know why the, then the offense looks so much better. Um, I mean, part of it might've just been, it was hard to tackle um, and catch up to a guy in the snow. Um, but I think maybe part of it was also, it, it was, we'll get into it. Maybe Will Howard's last game in the bill. It was almost certainly Ben Simmons last game in the bill, you know, and Phil Brooks last game in the bill. So the offense was going to be ready for this one. It didn't feel like the defense was. Yeah. Um, Abu Sama was ready. Uh, this was the third string running back. They didn't bring their top two running backs. Maybe they knew. Maybe they knew he was part human, part snow plow, snow ski, because he he just he was going so much faster than anyone on K State's defense. Um, Sixteen carries, two hundred and seventy six yards, seventeen point two yards per carry, three touchdowns. Um, flew the jet home. Uh, is now have uh, eight expectant children. He was that productive on Saturday. Hey, uh, Gilbert, uh, did did we should we have known on the first play of the game when he ran straight up the middle for a touchdown that this was not going to be a normal day? I, I think Chris Kleiman should have known after maybe the first, second, third, fourth, you know, fifth play of letting of not keeping a lid on things. That was that should have been a sign to hey hey to say hey let's let's go ahead and keep a lid on things not let anything get behind you. And we've seen K-State do that throughout the season. It, it didn't really work against Oklahoma State where K-State right. tried to contain things. But in a game like that, I mean, you just – it's what you got to do. But, but yeah, Fitz, this was two years ago at home against Iowa State, same exact way that that, that game started. It was mm-hmm. a long Brees Hall 75-yard touchdown run to open that game up. And so, Kleiman, I mean, I don't think he learned his lesson both after that game and after the way that this game sort of started. But – Glenn, you bring up a real good point. I, I'm sure we'll talk about Howard more, but you know, people's minds probably weren't in the right place with this game, especially coming off of a Big 12 championship last year where that's sort of the standard that you set for yourself, for your program, to, to know that you can't compete in that. Um, offensively, I think K-State's a good team, right? And so they don't necessarily have to be locked in to, to score points, right? You, you can score despite some distractions, but on defense, it just seemed like a team that was – 
that knew it had, I, I don't want to say nothing to play for because you're still playing for a better bowl game. But as far as the Big 12 rates, I, that 100% had something to do with it. And, and I'll say this too. I think when you're looking at that defense, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but it felt like it, there was, it was, it wasn't what we've seen. We saw them against Oklahoma against Mizzou. They allowed the explosive plays against Oklahoma state. They went too far the opposite way probably, and kind of let them, let them go shorter and, and, you know, get the little gains. I would have rather seen that in this game, in those conditions, give them six yards, eight yards, four, six, and just hope they either fumble or make a mistake or snap it over the head like the guy did, right? Like, if you make them run 20 plays on a drive in those conditions, I'm betting that something goes wrong. Right. When you only make them run three and the third one is 82 yards or whatever it was, it's not going to go well. I would have rather seen K-State go too far the opposite direction. Quite frankly, I mean, l- let them just drive down the field and – and at least that gives your your offense some time to sit down in between drives. I mean, you're right, and and I agree with that. But if you look at it, that's not really what happened. Guys just – they were there. They just didn't tackle the yeah. people. So, you know, whether we were backing up or we were right at the line of scrimmage, it's yeah. not that we were out of position. Right. Guys were in the positions to make the plays. They just literally didn't make them. And that's where the difference comes in. It's that – Yes, I get, hey, just keep it. And, and Iowa State did a good job. I think we should have run the ball more against Iowa State and maybe not throw it 48 times in the snow, but that's a different conversation. But the bottom line is, it's like, look, just make the tackle. And that's all that it is. And you knew that we didn't want to tackle because we would have a guy there, another guy would be coming up, and they just waited to see if that guy made the tackle. And when he mm-hmm. didn't, then they were out of position to go and make the tackle, and then the guy goes and runs for 75 yards. It was it, it was just mind-boggling to see that guys just weren't willing to put it on the line. They, and, and they weren't. Yeah, Let's just call weren't. it what it is. They no, weren't, they weren't willing to put it on the line. I am going to call out two guys because this play is going to uh, stick in my mind for a le- very long time when Will Lee, instead of trying to tackle the ball carrier, gave him a power boost uh, <laughs> with a shove that I think was intended to knock him over Instead, it sped him up to three times the speed K-State was playing, not just twice. And meanwhile, V.J. Payne, who is in proximity, is just watching all of this go down without a serious effort to make a tackle. No effort to dive at the legs, nothing. Oh, no, we let gave up another touchdown. I, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, I know that Chris Kleiman was very disappointed uh, in how everything transpired. I'm told behind the scenes he was furious with what he saw from his team. And and I think that's uh, good news. I mean, he, he seems to be, he's a, he's a player's coach. And sometimes that means uh, you're too soft. And from what I heard, he was not too soft. He was pretty disgusted by what he saw on the field. Um, let's move to the post game. Uh, after K-State has lost 42 to 35. Um, K-State uh, had as many points as Iowa State ran plays, by the way. Yeah. Uh, they, they scored 42 wild. points on 35 plays. Um, that that shouldn't be possible. Uh, if you're looking for a positive, uh, K State uh, kept him out of the red zone, so <laughs> they, it stopped him from getting in That's the red zone crazy. by letting him score earlier. If you watch 90% of the plays of that game, like a random 90%, not even cherry picking and taking out those explosive plays, or even 80%, you would be like, So did K State win by 35 or 42? Yep. Right? Like yep. it, it was just a, those big, it was unbelievable to watch. It was. 
It was uh, crazy. And, there, and some of those plays, too, if you watched the first 80% of the play, you would be like, oh, that was a loss of six. Nice. No, right. it was a gain of 63. No, they were they they thought two-hand touch was going to get the job done on a snow day, but it it, it didn't, as it turns out. I, I threw out the idea, but uh, your mark, he said we couldn't change a rule week 11 of the season. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a remarkable statement. Um, that's probably the right thing to do, by the way. Um, but <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about the end of the game. Will Howard was visibly emotional through his helmet. He was not happy. Um, and then there's some video of him. Uh, my friend Tyler Jackson got some great video of him leaving the field, walking up the tunnel, and giving that forlonged look over his shoulder as if, bye, girlfriend, I'll never see you again. And uh, a couple notes here. We are reporting at Go Cat, and I've made a daily delivery about this, that we'll, we're expecting Will Howard sometime maybe today maybe it's going to be 10 days away to enter the transfer portal or at least announce he's going to enter the transfer portal can't technically go in for another week or so um and will howard will not play at k-state he's not enrolled for next semester we don't expect him to play in the bowl game we do expect him to end up at a power five institution there is one school that seems to be the leader right now but nothing's done with that um that we have posted that school's uh, identity at uh at go power cat uh but Brian, is this awkward to have your senior quarterback who does have his COVID year available uh, decide to pack up and leave even though he just became the career touchdown pass leader? It's definitely awkward. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, we saw this happen at Wake Forest this past year. Um, comparison. Exactly. So compar- considering where Will may be going, but yeah. that's another conversation. But, um, but yeah, it's definitely awkward. But you know what? What about college football in the last five years is not awkward? So, I mean, that's the whole thing about this is that, yes, it's awkward, but awkward is the new normal when it comes to college football. So um, it's inevitable. We talked about it last week. There's no way. And I said there's no way he's the starting quarterback at K-State. I don't care if he comes back or not. He wasn't going to be. And he's going to leave. And and I understand why. Uh, I actually think it's smart. And on in right. on his part to to go and do that, um, but yes, absolutely fits. It's 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 awkward, but not unprecedented. And I think it's going to happen more. I mean, we've seen it at other places. I, I mean, I don't follow enough f- schools to be able to say you know that this guy was the leading you know all time passing leader or wherever, and he's going to another school. But we've seen it at several other schools where a guy's been there two, three, four years and then go somewhere else and play. So it's just the way college football is. And I think two things can be true at once. It can be awkward and kind of weird. Maybe it's just the word, but it also, I think it's just what's best for everyone involved. Right. I mean, it's what's yeah. best for Will Howard. It's what, and it's what's best probably for Kansas state football. And Will is a smart kid and he knows for better or worse, Chris Kleiman is loyal, so loyal sometimes to a fault that, that I do wonder if, and if, if Will had said, I, I, Coach, I want to come back. Give me one more year. I can win another Big 12 title. But I think Will knows that that wasn't what was best for him and it wasn't what was best for Kansas State. He's smart enough to know that the the, the roar at Bill Snyder Family Stadium when it when Avery Johnson broke off a run was it was the noise was different, guys. And he knows that if he came back, I think probably although it frustrates him, and I don't know if it's I don't think it's fair. In fact, I I, I don't it's not fair, but um he knows that if he came back, um or even this year, he wasn't treated the same way as 
as kind of the the new flashy uh, freshman four star quarterback. And so it's it is weird, but I think it's what's best for him, and it saves a it saves an even more awkward situation. It's like the breakup where it sucks. Where to com- use your comparison, Fitz, the breakup where it sucks, but you both know that that you're better off. Over. Yep. Ryan Gilbert, it's it's awkward. We heard him at the post game press conference. Everything felt like it was over. I mean, absolutely everything. I I don't see any chance he's back at K-State. Now, certainly the school we've reported, there's nothing done with that. We mentioned that it's, you know, just kind of in the works, but there's other quarterbacks out there that institution's also looking at. But um, he will be somewhere next year, and he really sounded like it, didn't he? Yep, and he really – he was he was very classy about it though. I know he yeah. joked with uh, with Kellis Robinette that, uh, despite all the things that we've said, you know, about him through the years, he appreciated our coverage, and so it kind of felt like the fin- the finishing touch, you know, putting a bow on everything. And yeah, uh, I, not only just post game with him talking to us, but you mentioned it, like when he walked towards the locker room and you know took one look back and at the field, like yeah, this is it, this is it for me. And so that that again ties back to what we were saying earlier about this team not being really focused and locked in on this game. And, you know, Avery Johnson's emergence, I think, kind of solidified this decision for Will Howard. But it's interesting to maybe talk about if Kansas State's undefeated right now or at least playing for a a Big 12 championship game, does this change things for Will Howard? Does Avery Johnson even come into the mix midway through the season? And and does Will Howard want to prove something for the NFL scouts with his one final year in Manhattan rather than somewhere else? But obviously that didn't happen. And, yeah, it, it just... It was a, it, 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 he, he handled it with class, though, and you have to appreciate that. Well, let's get to that video. We have that here. This is Will Howard's opening comments following the game. It took him a while to get into post game, which I understand. He had a lot of probably drying out and showering and drying out and showering. I don't know what I don't know how cold he was. And then there was senior stuff. It took him a while. But this is what he said when he got there. You know, what? before uh, before you guys even say anything, I just want to say thank you guys. For all that you guys do, all the hours that you guys put in, as much you know as as um, you know, we we try not to listen to the media and every all, all the outside noise. I know how much time you guys put in, and and how much you know, you guys show up every week, win or lose. So I know that means a lot to the K State fans, and I just want to say thank you guys, and I'm grateful for you, no matter no matter what you guys say about me, and uh, <laughs> even you, Kellis. <laughs> Uh, Will was great to work with. He really was. Um, you know, even after bad games, he'd walk into that room and talk right. to us. That's a pro. Um, now, the, the, my only complaint about Will is some of the tough times he's gone through were self-inflicted. I, I've said this on the podcast. I'll I'll jump down anyone's throat who wants to still criticize him for the pandemic season when he's a true freshman playing in those conditions. Yeah. Come on, man. I mean, that's just – that's what he did is – is tougher than 99.9% of us that are on a message board or on Twitter. Um, after that, he had some problems. I mean, let's let's be blunt. They brought in Adrian Martinez because they didn't think he was ready to start. Right. Um, and he probably wasn't until Adrian Martinez showed up. We found out between Adrian and Avery, he responds to competition. Right. He really did. He, he stepped up when Avery knocked on the door and said, hey, I'm here, I'm ready. Will played some pretty damn good football up until the KU game and then, you know, the Iowa State game, you can say he played good or not. His stats are, I think, pretty good for throwing the ball in those conditions. But uh, I, he was, he, he's been a gentleman. He's a great right. young man. 
Uh, and if he ends up somewhere, I will watch him play and root for him because because this move uh, isn't isn't really as much about leaving K State. It's about uh, adding another page to your resume. Mm. This okay, I was good in that system, but now I'm here in this system, and I've replicated numbers and I've shown. Um, I didn't think Brock Purdy was a pro. He is. I'm not sure Will Howard is, but he reminds me a lot of Brock Purdy, so maybe he is. We'll find out. Brian, you've been around some good football players. Is Will Howard a pro? Um, I think he needs to to go to another school. I agree. Uh, and and learn and and get into a different system. I don't know that he's a pro. I mean, he reminds you a little bit of Brock Purdy, but if we're being honest, Brock Purdy is better than Will Howard. Uh, and, and you can see it. Now, here's the thing. Brock Purdy played with a lot of pros and people don't give that the credit that mm. it, that it needs to be deserved. Iowa state had a lot of pros and Brock Purdy played with them. I'm not sure Will Howard did that at can matter of fact, I'm positive that Will Howard's not doing that at Kansas state. So not there's a huge difference between the two there. Uh, having said that, do I think that he can make a professional roster? Absolutely. You say, I mean, the trash that is in the NFL ranks, and I'm not saying Will Howard's trash. I'm just saying the quarterback play is bad in the NFL, and Will Howard is better than some third-string or practice squad players that are currently in the NFL. So he can absolutely make a roster uh, and, and make a living because third-year guys, backup quarterbacks, I mean, those guys make a living. So he can do that, Absolutely. But for him, and I said it last week, and I'll say it again, I think he needs to be selfish. I know you alluded to that a little bit, Glenn. Go be selfish. Go to a team and go be a starter somewhere. It's okay for you to be selfish sometimes. And I just think this is one of those times where Will Howard just has to say, you know what, I've given everything that I could to Kansas State. They've been good to me, but I've also been very good to them. But now I'm going to go be good for myself and go look out for myself and go play some football and try, just like you said, try to raise my profile for me. And that's okay to do that. And two things, guys. One, I think Will Howard, just on the record, would look really good if he had Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and Shanahan calling the play. There you go. That might help a little bit. (laughs) Secondly, though, and hopefully I'm stating the obvious here, I think I am, Will Howard should be remembered very, very fondly among yes. Kansas State. Yes. Anything differently is disrespectful. The guy, the guy was a stud. He worked his butt off for K-State. He stayed loyal to K-State even when they brought in another quarterback and even when he had to be the backup and then the starter and then the backup again. He, he, and then this year, he he we didn't know if he was the starter for a while. He just worked through so much adversity and, and stayed loyal and just kind of stayed true to the fight. I think in a lot of ways he embodies Kansas State football. Um and I think he loves I don't think he said it. He loved that guy loves Kansas State and that love should certainly be reciprocated no matter where he goes. I'm not saying he was perfect, but to remember him in any other way as a guy who did a lot for this program and for Kansas State football, it would be wrong in my opinion. Agreed. Agreed. Um Ryan, um he's He's going to be remembered well by most of us, um, but there have been some critics that have been over the top with this young man. I mean, over the top, and and that seems to be the thing now on social media. Let's let's say the most outlandish thing because just having an opinion doesn't get me noticed. So now let's let's uh, scream for attention by you know really doing something inappropriate, and a lot of that's been directed towards Will, but it's just a small minority of fans, isn't it? 
Yeah, everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but that doesn't mean you have to have one on every. You, you don't got to be polar opposite one way or another. You can just sit back and and appreciate what Will Howard did, right? But um, you know, Howard, this is, next year would be his COVID year, right? So he went through senior day, right? This wasn't even supposed to be a thing. So him leaving, there shouldn't be any bad blood there at all. But Brian, you talked about the trash in the NFL, and not that Adrian Martinez is trash, not that Skyler Thompson's trash, but those guys. You know, Thompson's had some time with the Dolphins, right? Uh, I don't think that Martinez is with uh, the Lions anymore, right? But if those guys can get their shot, with all due respect, Howard's going to get his shot as yeah. well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think he's a pick. I don't know how long he's in, in the league, though. I think he'll – someone might give him a shot. But I agree with him. He needs he needs to go do another system and, and replicate yep. it. And, and, you know, maybe at a higher higher visible school, which is just the reality of Kansas State. Um, the school we're talking about is pretty high visibility. Other schools that might be looking for a quarterback are high visibility. So it'll be very interesting to watch. But uh, he was not he was not the only person to say something uh, strange at that press conference. I tell you what, the, there was a really strange moment at the end of Chris Kleiman's. We're going to get to this right after a short break. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. We are back. We are back on the Insiders. Man, I thought that break would never end. Um, Tim Fitzgerald, Brian Hanley, Ryan Gilbert in for Tim Everson and Glenn Kinley back in the hospital room. Glenn, I really hope you recover. I mean, you've been in the hospital room now for most 12 of the weeks. Fall. I yeah. know, um, man. It's brutal. Uh, they did yeah. give me a projector in here. That's nice. I know they got, nice. they got that's really nice. So you can uh, just put the nightly news up there and say, God, that guy's good. <laughs> Go to sports now. Um, a, a strange moment. Let's just put it that way. At the end of Coach Kleiman's press conference, I, I spoke to many people because this sounded like a, the same things Will Howard said later on. Kind of Chris Kleiman said, and while Will Howard was a goodbye, I don't think Kleiman's was a goodbye. I just think he was, I am so mad. I don't know what to say. And kind of that Ricky Bobby, what do I do with my hands? Uh, he was just all of a sudden uh, saying words um, at, to get off the podium. And, oh well, let's let's listen to it because I'm told this def- definitely wasn't a goodbye. It was just maybe uh, uh, don't kill me. Please, please don't kill me for what happened. Guys, appreciate all your stuff all year long. You guys have been great, and I uh, wish we could have gotten a win for everybody, but uh, uh, thank you for the way you handled everything and for treating me well. So appreciate you guys. Glenn, have you seen that before? No, but I, I think it was probably a – Chris Kleiman, I would say, is great with the media, first of all. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, he's very uh, genuine. And with he, the says media. What's, he says honest things. 
Right. And I think it was probably, a, it, we don't know when we're going to talk to him next, as far as maybe after we find out their bowl, there'll be availability. But, but that's the last time in that room where he's talked to how many, you know, how many of the same reporters every week or actually twice a week, I should say. Um, so I think he was probably a little bit sentimental. I think that, that he knew that this was Will's last game. And, and you have a guy like Seth Porter and a guy like, you know what I mean, Daniel Green, it was his last time in the locker room. So I think more than anything, he was probably kind of uh, in his feels, as the kids would say, and just wanted to say thank you. I think what we've learned with Chris Kleiman is that he, he typically is pretty just transparent and honest. When he says the quarterback's a game-time decision, we all think, what does that mean? What is he? What is he trying to tell us? And it's like... Oh, he means the quarterback's a game time decision, right? right. It's and not so with this one, I think people will say, "What does that mean?" And I think, I think it means he was thanking the media, right? I, I think that's all there was to it. Um, and, and it's cool, like like I said, he's he's great with us, and and I think he's I think he was just being genuine and and offering his appreciation. I wouldn't read into it too much. I think Michigan State filled their spot, so uh, people can yeah. stop freaking out there. Yep, and A and M's filled their spot, but Brian. Um, he does have a good relationship with the media and I, a part of it is he doesn't, he doesn't give us a lot of coach speak. Like what Glenn said there sounds like coach speak speak, but he means that he, we're going to decide on game day. Um, there's not a whole lot of uh, deception and playing games. And uh, we ask him a question. He answers. If you make him mad, it might be a short answer, but he answers. And I appreciate that about Chris Kleiman. Yeah. I mean, it's refreshing. Uh, mm -hmm. To have some honesty, you know, and and like you said, not all the coach speak or just the flat out lies, because there's plenty of coaches that will just flat out lie to you um, in a press conference. And, and so it's just refreshing to see. But I think more than anything, I think what you said, Fitz, I think he was just irate. I, I, I just believe that he couldn't believe that his defense went out there and played that lackadaisical lack of effort and he didn't know what to do with himself. I, I think he, and he may have been a little embarrassed, but I think he was just so fired up that it's like, okay, I just got to get out of here because I don't know if I stay here another 10 seconds, I don't know what I'm going to say. And it's going to get me in trouble. And I think he's smart enough to understand. I just got to get off of this podium, get out of here and just move on because it, it just, it, you could see it in his face. He was furious, just furious. Yeah. yeah, and guys, let's be honest, from bird's eye view, if you look at this season, I don't know that – I'm not saying it was a failure, but I don't know if I would call it a success either. It, it, I, he's I think disappointed you're looking at, in that. I think you're looking at a football team that didn't live up to its potential. I think he yep. knows this, that if you played this season again, this football team could win 10, 11 games, yep. and they went they went eight instead, and, and they weren't going to go to the Big 12 Championship even if they won on Saturday, but – I think they still wanted that one definitely and, and to send the seniors out with a win. Um, so I think he, he was disappointed in Saturday's performance, but I think he knows that whether it's on him or whether it's on the players or other coaches or whoever, I think he knows this is a football team that could have been so much better. That This is a football team that, that just didn't reach its potential, which is a bummer. And that in a way we kind of got what we knew we were getting, which was a team with probably more depth but without the star power. And there's right. just something to be said for the fact that they have to have six defenders staring at Deuce Vaughn. And there's something yeah. to be said for the fact that they have to have three guys blocking Felix on your DK Uzama. And you can debate all day on whether you'd rather have four good O-linemen or one insanely good, or D-lineman, I should say, or one insanely good D-lineman. But there is something to be said for that. And this is a football team that felt like maybe it was missing 
um, the star power, yep. to be honest. All that is 100% true, and it is – I'll just speak from experience, uh, but we all see it. We all know football. We all watch football. Stars matter. Yep. They matter. And regardless if you have a bunch of good guys, you could look at our defensive line this year, and you could tell the difference. They didn't have to double-team anybody, and they and teams rarely did. And guys couldn't get off blocks. We didn't have the same type of pass rush. Anytime that we got pressure, it was always from blitzing. You, you, that's not sustainable. I'm nope. just, I'm sorry. It's just that's not a sustainable way to be productive on defense. If the only way you can get pressure is by bringing more, I go. That's a problem, and it was a problem. We gotta. I know we say this every year, but and I sound like a broken record. But I'm gonna sound like a broken record. Got to get better players. We just have to get better players. Period. That's a bad. That's not a very good song if it's a broken record. I like to like. I can't get no satisfaction. I'll think that's a broken record. And uh, speaking of lackadaisical, uh, Ryan Gilbert is never lackadaisical. He's always one hundred percent daisical. Um, Gills, uh, this just seems like the transition. Most bowl games end a season. This bowl game feels like the beginning of next yeah. season. We expect Avery Johnson to be the quarterback. We expect seniors to opt out. Uh, we don't know about Cooper Beebe. He might want to play one more game. He doesn't need to. Ben Sennett, I felt like, was saying goodbye because, you know, he walked as a, a junior. He's an NFL guy. There's not many on this team, but he's one. Right. Uh, and he's already said he's going to the senior bowl. I don't think he'll play. I think some other seniors uh, will sit it out just because they might be done. I, it's sad to say they might be done. Um, this season has been a disappointment. But at eight and four at Kansas State right now, I think it's a good sign people are disappointed. Right. Right. There's expectations here. And and that's why playing in a bowl game can be so important. You obviously want that momentum for your team going into the next season, but all this extra practice time, you get 60 minutes of footage and tape to work on heading into next year so that these young guys can get the experience. You know, like you said, Fitz, you'd be surprised if Will Howard plays in this game so this is going to be big for every Johnson to to continue to grow and this will be his first real shot at being that number one guy on the offense without having to you know split with Will Howard and all that stuff so back to Kleiman though I, I just wanted to say that I would love to see him have a press conference where he's just short and mean and maybe even a little rude to us especially after a game like they had against Iowa State now I'm sure inside of that locker room um, climb and let him have it, I would assume. But you mentioned Fitz, he's a player's coach, and so he's never going to be that guy. But at some point, you've you've got to stop being the nice guy and just say, hey, man, like, we were awful today. We we sucked. You know, be be mean. Go after Fitz mm -hmm. and not just make fun of him for having no hair or being overweight, but really just, you know, be mad at us, right? And I would have loved to have seen that at least some point throughout his career. Saturday would have been a great time for climbing to do that. But with his just – his final comments, um, this is it for the, the the bridge players that that came from the Bill Snyder, uh, that 2018 team, right? This is it for those guys. And so I think it, it kind of set in for climbing, like, hey, this is it. Like, this is – we are transitioning into a new time. These are all my guys. There's none of these guys that helped us leave a legacy at K-State from what was there before. I've got the keys to this program, and nobody's really stuck around. Obviously, some of the support staff is still there with Taylor Brath, but – by and large, you get what I'm saying here. Yeah. I think that was sort of the emotion from Kleiman saying, hey, this is it. You know, this is my team now, for real. Well, I agree. I mean, I think this is a good time to do it. 
and as bowl games go, we seem to still think it's the Pop-Tarts Bowl. I know you look at the bowl order. That's the second pick in the Big 12 um, after the the playoffs and the near six games go. Uh, we expect Texas to be in one of those games. Oklahoma to go to the Alamo. Um, and then Oklahoma State would typically be that next choice. But the, it sounds like the GoDaddy, the GoDaddy, I do it every time. The Pop-Tarts Bowl, I don't know how I get those two confused. There's nothing to do with each other. The Pop-Tarts Bowl um, is next. It's in Orlando. And it sounds like they were going to take the winner of the K-State KU game and are sticking by that, which would put Oklahoma State in the Texas Bowl. If you're a KU fan, um, I don't think you're going to Liberty Bowl. That's next up. Um, but there's some schools like West Virginia and Iowa State who are in line for that. Uh, if I had to guess, you're going to be um, in the guaranteed rate bowl down in Phoenix, um, which if you're in the media, that's great because they have a wonderful hospitality room. Just wonderful. Just <laughs> full, fully stocked. Um, but, uh, Brian, they've never been to Orlando for this bowl game. It's changed names every year. Right. It's one of those games. But it is a highly regarded bowl game. They would play an ACC team. It looks like NC State. That feels like a good matchup if you're rebuilding. No disrespect to NC State, but that it just feels like if you're rebuilding and you're going with a bunch of young guys, I'd much rather – face them than um you know some team that's loaded for bear and out to prove a point yeah i mean nc state's a good football team right uh but it's ACC. yeah there you go i mean they're okay and they're ranked and i get all of that and they've played that what are they i think they're nine and three they just beat nc state or unc um but if that's who it ends up being yes i would much rather play them than another alabama um, especially the way that our roster is going to be constructed for this bowl game. Like you said, a lot of seniors are going to sit out. Uh, a lot of guys either just done or moving on, whatever the case may be. Uh, you know, we're going to get some transfer guys that are going to jump in the portal that are not going to participate too, just like every school. Mm-hmm. I said, but yes, that would be a team, a great matchup. Because again, while they're in the ACC and we don't necessarily have them in a high regard, it's still a decent football team and they're going to play tough. So that's a a school that um, I'm not going to sit here and say that we should beat, but I'm going to say we should beat them if that's who it is. (laughs) Yeah. That's yeah. You didn't say it at all. Um, Gills. uh, I'm going to be honest here. K-State has gotten some really tough bowl matchups last year. I thought, okay, Alabama, look, they got some of the best talent in the nation, but it'll be watered down, and then everyone played. Uh, And by, you know, games in, you could tell by the scoreboard. Uh, But uh, I think this is a great opportunity. You know, go to Florida for a week over the holidays, kind of have some team bonding, wear those funny ears around. Um, It's a a Mickey Mouse joke. And uh, I'm not talking about your ears, Gilbert. And, um, (laughs) you know, just, just move on to the next thing. And I I kind of feel good about that. Yeah, and like we said earlier, this is the sort of the game one of of the 2024 season when you think about it, right? That can be the, the launch pad into next year. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. And it's it's a crazy how much a week can change because had K-State won this last game, you're like I was ready. I'm like, give us Notre Dame, give us uh, you know, Iowa, right? And and I don't know, I don't know if it looks different. 
um, if they win that game? Like, do more guys play in this game? And, and is it more of a let's go make a statement for the program rather than let's kind of turn the page? But it is wild how much a week can change because you go from, you know, uh, now, now it's just a different picture for the bowl game, for better or worse. I'm not saying yeah. you know that everything's ruined or anything. I'm not right. saying that. It's just, it's just kind of crazy to think about the difference in bowl game and in mindset of what we're talking about versus what we would have been talking about maybe four days ago. Yep. Bradley Newitt has this great question. In the end, K State only beat one team in the upper half of the conference, and that was Kansas, and that was mm-hmm. that was tight. Uh, was this team not as good as we may have thought? Um, that's possible. I, I think this team just lacked that. Uh, we talked about the star power and it's sometimes star power helps you internally, mentally deuce is going to get us out of this. Right. Felix will get that sack. Um, and you kind of relax and go play. Uh, this team looked tight in situations, Brian, uh, in some of those tight games, not Kansas, they looked tight and they just couldn't quite get that next play done to win the game. Yeah. I think so. Look, at the beginning of the year, I think a lot of us, myself included, thought that this was a minimum 10-win football team. And when you look at what transpired, some of the stuff that we thought were going was going to be a problem ended up being a problem. We thought that the secondary was going to – we were going to have to <laughs> – replace some guys uh it may struggle a little bit up the middle it might struggle a little bit well some of those things came to fruition now daniel green getting hurt that doesn't help you know and it seemed like every linebacker on the roster got hurt i mean and was out significant time which that doesn't hurt but you know what all the big boy programs it's the next guy up and they have another guy so we we are in that mode of we just have to have that other guy and i think the guys did an admirable, admirable job. I, I really do, you know, for, for what took place. I mean, not everybody's going to be down to your third and fourth linebacker on a squad. That just doesn't happen very often. Uh, but having said that, it's just, it, there's some, there were some things that we should have been better at that we just weren't. And like you said, yeah. making another play here, making another play there. Uh, the Oklahoma state game was a game where, Guys got put in a position where they just weren't ready to play because of injury. Guys in front of them were playing. Guys got injured, and they just weren't ready to play. Then you say you see them the very next week, and those guys are ready to play. It's just like young guys don't understand that it's next guy up. They didn't understand that. Uh, but that's everywhere. That's not a Kansas State mm-hmm. problem. That's a, a cultural problem, a societal problem where kids just don't get where that, hey, it's really the next guy up. You're really going to go in if this guy gets hurt. Oh, he'll never get hurt. Ten seconds later, he's hurt, and you're in the ball game. And you have no idea what to do. Yep. So it's just that's just the nature of college football, man. You know, was, was Kansas State a really good, bad team or a really bad, good team? Right. I mm. mean, yeah, it's a good question, but K-State, like, Mike Tomlin, Brian, we got to bring this in. He, he says he never <laughs> apologizes for winning, right? So just because yeah, the, right. the question, uh, it doesn't matter who's on your schedule. You got to take care of what's in front of you. But with, with K-State's losses, it seems like every game, this team just beat themselves and made more mistakes than its opponent. And that's why K-State has four losses on the season. If you, you could look yeah. at the Mizzou game, Oklahoma, every game that K-State's lost, there's something that K-State did, a few you know key plays here and there. Um, the pick six at Oklahoma State, the, you know, letting Luther Burden cook against Missouri, the first half against Texas was atrocious, right? 
Steelers suck. Oh, wait a minute. That's, <laughs> Come on. No, that's wrong. But K-State really did shoot itself in the foot and you know, a few plays away from, uh, you know, being in a, a, be- a better position right now, without a yeah. doubt. But Fitz, you know, if, if you're listening, only audio, it's a good thing you didn't see what Fitz just did. It's it was, fake news. It was a well-crafted sign. Uh, you're watching or listening to The Insiders. We appreciate it so very much. Uh, make sure you're subscribing to our YouTube channel. Make sure you hit that thumbs up that you like this video. Uh, and, of course, uh, let other people know that The Insiders goes live every day at 1.30. We will continue to do this for... At least a while, I think. I think, Glenn, you're on board. I think Brian's on board. Uh, and I'm going to say Tim's on board because he's not here. Um, and if we can't have Tim, we got Ryan Gilbert. We got Yay. Ryan Gilbert. Yep, the Ryan best Gilbert. replacement in the world, right? Yeah, well, okay. Um, let's move to basketball. <laughs> uh, because Gilbert, you're the Mitch Trubisky of the insiders. Sorry. Do you get that reference, Fitz? Man, yeah, man, it's man. Uh, the it's best like, backup, man. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought that was yep. like a little uh, cracker wafer thing at Trubisky. <laughs> Oh, he is the best backup. Jeez, he's got that damn Steelers oh, mug. My, my, my apologies. My apologies. I've got my terrible towel just above the camera. Oh boy, oh, boy. this is descended into chaos. Okay, go to bat now. Go to basketball. Yeah, let's go to basketball right now. Uh, <laughs> Kansas State loses to Miami. Uh, it, it looked like the USC game to me. Gills and the fact they just looked overmatched, too much yeah. length, too much talent, too much shooting, too much. Um, and they didn't respond particularly well, uh, but they have been shorthanded. They're going to get there eventually. Still nothing clear on Naquan Tomlin. He's rejoined the team in a mental sense. He's not physically practicing and doing those things, uh, but he's you know being invited to team functions so that um, I, I think they just want to keep him on track, make sure he's doing the stuff he needs to do to get back on the team. Uh, yep. But they got ORU, Oral Roberts, tomorrow night at Bramlage. Uh, this is a good test. O- ORU's been a good program, isn't it, Gills? Yeah, and this is a guy, Max Acemas, who you probably remember from the transfer portal, comes from Oral Roberts. He's now at Texas, but this was the guy that K-State really wanted, and so they're they're capable of uh, you know producing some scores. Um, so it'll be a test. But you mentioned the Miami game, the USC game. The, the theme of those two games, K-State's losses on the year, starting slow, right? K-State mm-hmm. was putting the ball through the net at a really good rate in the second half down in the Bahamas, uh, which you guys like my tan. I think it's starting to fade off a little bit, but it's blinding. I think we're looking good. The it goes good with the hair. Yesterday or right? Saturday reversed it, I think. Yeah, I know, right? I, I That was a, a, a shock to be back in the in the cold. But, <laughs> you know, starting slow really for this for this team has been the issue. You know, if it's you asked Tang about Tyler Perry, what does he need to do to, to get back to having – that consistent 40 minute performance. And so there's little panic on this team. Of course, the, the, the way that this team started last year is very similar to what's going on now. It's not about how you play here on November 27th. It's about how you play in March. Okay. That was the basketball segment folks, <laughs> they, they, but they do have Villanova coming up in a couple of weeks. They've got to get better or they're going to get their doors blown off by those wildcats. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, got to be their goal to kind of be to full strength by then. It feels like we're. This is a basketball team. I I think they have the potential through the roof. I think they have a lot of really good pieces. It feels like a puzzle where the pieces are like spread across the table right now, and maybe like a few of them are on the floor, 
and and Naquan Tomlin is like the piece you can't find, and you're like, where's that? Who misplaced it? What's going on? Uh, but I think if they can put it together, man, like they have, like Tyler Perry's good, man. Naquan Tomlin is good. Arthur Kaluma is good, and Cam Carter is proving he's like probably better than maybe a lot of people realize. So like they have a ton of pieces. Michaela Bridge is just fun to watch, right? Um, it's a matter of like, can they figure out how all these guys can play together? That's and it. some of that with these guys from the portal, I think Tang mentioned it. Like Tang loves experience. We know that. Like he he loves to get a guy from the portal who's played a hundred basketball games. The problem with that is that guy's played a hundred basketball games in a different system. And sometimes you you're spending as much of the benefit that you get from those games. You also have to erase some of their memory of this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what coach wants me to do. This is when I need to score. This is when I need to blah, blah, blah. And so it feels like they have a, a lot of guys who are good, and but they got to figure out how to put, put them together. If they can, I think that they can be really good. But, you know, it's it's a matter of when does that happen. Well, that's right. why you schedule yeah. Miami, Providence, all these good teams, mm-hmm. USC, that's even right. South Dakota, right? That's how you yep. figure out what you need to work on. I don't think K-State learned anything about itself against Central Arkansas or uh, Bellarmine, any of those teams, right? So, Glenn, that backs up your point. That's why the scheduling is so important, playing good teams. One thing is – oh, I'm sorry. No, I just want want to say something, Brent. Uh, People uh, think of this guy as just a big, sexy offensive lineman, but he was a high-profile basketball recruit coming (laughs) out of high school. And and I do want to say this, that Jerome Tang mentioned today that Tyler Perry was an off-guard for three years at North Texas, and now they're trying to make him a point guard. Brian, that just, it doesn't, maybe it'll click into place, but he mentioned Marquise Noel took him a while to get used to everyone, but that dude's a point guard. That right. dude's been a point guard his whole life. He's got that point guard mentality. He he knew how to create for others, even though maybe he hadn't done it as much as he should. He started doing it. This is all new to Tyler Perry, and I'm not yep. sure it's working. That's literally what I was going to say. I, it's It's not working at the moment. Right. Uh, but it takes a little while to be a point guard. Uh, he's going to have that scores mentality. Look, Marquis Noel scored the basketball, yeah. but he was also knew how to set up other guys to score the basketball as well. That's a skill. That's not something that, you know, it just comes naturally. That's a skill that's learned. Mm-hmm. So he has to be able to do that. Look, and right now, like I said, it's not working. The, the main thing though, above anything else that we're talking about, we have to defend and defending is going to have to be something that we're going to have to do um, to be able to win some of these basketball games. You can't, you're not going to win a whole lot of games. If your team, if somebody else is scoring 80, 85 points against you, that's just not sustainable. It's not going to work. So we've got to be able to defend, but you're 100% right. Fitz got to get the point guard mentality. It'll take some time. Look, it's going to be January before any of that falls into place. It, it just is. And if anybody thinks it's going to happen before that, you're, you're kidding yourself because right. it's not. Doesn't mean we can't win basketball games, but for it to look like it's supposed to look, that's what I'm talking about. It needs to look like it's supposed to look, and that just takes time, especially with the guy that's played off guard probably his entire life. And Marquise Noel was a pass-first point guard, right? Yes, he was. Somebody's going to hear that and say, oh, Glenn doesn't think Marquise Noel could score. Guys, he could he could give you 28 or 30 on a given night, but if I'm a defense, I'm more terrified of him having 18 assists or whatever it was, yeah. right? I mean, you're talking about a guy who broke the NCAA tournament record for assists. It's just a different mindset 
when and Tyler Perry just it, it seems like he's a score first point guard. And maybe maybe the problem is it feels like I know they've asked Cam Carter to score and they've asked that to make him his priority. And Tang's talking about Cam Carter, go out and try to score. And when you do that, other opportunities will will come about. It feels like Kaluma wants to go to the hoop when he gets the basketball. They have a lot of guys that are score first, and they might need somebody to either be pass first or be screen first or whatever it is uh, because it feels like a lot of guys who – it's a good problem to have, I guess, a lot of guys who want to get buckets. Like, yes, but, again, they got to figure out how to, how to tie it all together. Got to have somebody sacrifice. That's mm-hmm. what it is. You got to have somebody mm-hmm. sacrifice. On every basketball team, you got to have somebody that's willing to say, yes, I can score, but we're better when I let that guy score and that guy score. It's just that's, – that's the way basketball works. Absolutely. Everybody can't be joined, the alpha. I, I, I can't shoot. So my promise is I actually will never take a shot. If Tang wants to have me join the squad, <laughs> I will only pass. And only about 40 to 50% of those passes will end up in the hands of the other team. So Coach Tang, Coach Dream, if you're, if you're watching this, think about it. Maybe get back to me by Thursday. I'd like to maybe, <laughs> you know, before Christmas for sure. But just an idea. Don't no. do it. Don't do no. it. Yeah. Don't I'm do sure it. they're listening. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest here. Um, the best shooter here in the foursome is Ryan Gilbert. Uh, he's a very accomplished shooter. He's not a maker at all. He doesn't make. <laughs> but he I make drinks. Shoot. I make your Pacificos every night. That's very true. <laughs> he's a very good maker of drinks. Uh, Gilzo, they, they've got to get better. They've just got to. I, I'm looking. I'm not looking for that breakthrough voila game. I'm just looking for the incremental right. improvement that maybe we saw coming out of the USC trip uh, to Vegas. Uh, now that they're back home, let's let's see that kind of build up over the next couple of weeks. And this staff, they always talk about getting one percent better, right? And, and that's you just want to see steady growth. It doesn't have to be overnight where this team suddenly looks like it's capable of winning a national title, right? It, it's going to happen over time, and, and not to make excuses for this team or anything like that. But I, I asked Tang like down in the Bahamas, like, hey, are you sorting to get more continuity just with your lineups that are on the court, you know, at the same time and who meshes well together and stuff like that. And he said, well, to be honest, you know, we haven't, you know, we've had so many injuries, you know, day day Ains been out, you know, Tomlin hasn't been with the team. Glover has missed every game, regular season game this year. So there's still a lot to, to figure out about what works best. And that's why I'm really being optimistic with this team that they're going to okay. figure it out at some point, just because like, that was kind of the moment for me. Like, okay, they really haven't had much, you know, chances to gel together, right? Like even David Gasson missed a summer trip um, to, to Israel, right? Because he was with the Netherlands team. And so there really is a lot more for this team to grow and get better with. Uh, Tyler Perry, I think mentally just has a lot on his plate right now because when you're at North Texas, especially when you're at Coffeyville Community College, um, the, oh. you're – you're supposed to score. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, but you are the scorer on that team. Same thing with North Texas. Now at Kansas State, you know, I, I think that's probably why he's struggling to score is because he's trying to think about the offense and, okay, do I, you know, do I pull the trigger on this shot or do I dish it out to Cam Carter for that three-pointer? And so uh, he's just he's, – he's struggling to – you know, because if you think of, you know, just a split second, you know, that's the difference between being open and, and being guarded, especially when you're playing against these opponents that Kansas State has played against. Yeah, guys, are we talking about uh, the similar thing to what we just talked about with football, which is K-State has a lot of good players but doesn't have Marquise Mm. Noel and Keontae Johnson? Is it a similar to – is Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson, the Deuce Vaughn, and Felix Anudike Uzama here? And even Naquan, not in there as well. Right. 
Yeah, I, I think it could be, but the difference – basketball is just so much different than football when it comes to that because mm-hmm. in basketball, especially college basketball, you can have a guy – look, Marquise Noel, he's on an NBA roster now. Is he ever going to be an NBA star? Probably not. But he was the star of college basketball the last two weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. In football, it's a little different, you know, because those guys – are usually the stars play in the NFL for a while, you know, and are stars at the ne- at the next level. That's usually how it works, depending on position, but that's usually how it works. I- I'm just not sure that it's the same. I think in basketball, because there's only five guys on a court at a time, you can get away with not necessarily having to have a star. UConn would be the perfect example. They had really good players, and yeah, they had a guy that dra- got drafted in the lottery, but nobody in here can even name his name. That's the difference. Nobody knows who he was. Mm-hmm. And they were and they won the national title last year. So while, yeah, you got to have some stars, I think you can get by with having really, really good basketball players, especially mm-hmm. if they're older at the college basketball level because so many teams go younger these days. Yeah, and they do. They have a lot of good guys. Like, I think David Gasson has a high ceiling. I, like, Will McNair, yeah. has, Will McNair has been, like, very good, actually. Day-Day Ames has been solid. I mentioned Michaela Bridge. So, and, and R.J. Jones can shoot the ball really well. They have a lot of really good basketball players. I think if they can figure if they can figure it out and put the pieces together, this could be a basketball team that's that's really good and also really fun to watch, which is most important for us. The construction of this team is just, it's different. It's apples and oranges, really, with there's two superstars on last year's squad. Tang is now learning how to coach and learn how to win with, you know, a guy here like Arthur Kluma, you know, all these guys that aren't necessarily superstars, but they're stars, right? And so Mm -hmm. they're they're learning how to win a different way, if that makes sense, which is okay, which is fine. I don't lack stars. I got Brian Hanley. I got Glenn Kinley. And I've got Tim Everson. Uh, who couldn't be here today? Uh, so Ryan Gilbert sat in. Uh, uh, Gills, uh, thanks for thanks for sitting. Oh, I forgot to the rug thing. Uh, thanks for sitting in, um, and uh, we we appreciate it very much. Uh, that is it for the insiders. I am Fitz. We appreciate it. Make sure you're checking out Go Pyrocats. Should have mentioned this at the top. I'm so bad at this. 75% off. It's now a Cyber Monday sale. Make sure you get your subscription to Go Pyrocat. And we will be back next week with another subscribe to the YouTube channel. Yes, yes, please. Uh, And make sure you send uh, emails to Ryan Gilbert saying you're loved, even though your boss hates you. That'd be nice. He needs that. We appreciate everyone being with us as we close up shop with the insiders. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts.